Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. The number of American kids living in a home with both parents and grandparents has nearly doubled in the past 20 years to more than 7 million. This counters a popular narrative that more children are being raised solely by their grandparents. University of Michigan professor Natasha Pakowskis found that these three-generation households were the only type of shared household that grew over that time. Why does it matter? Well, for one, it's worth finding out what societal issues are driving more of these multi-generational homes. Second, current educational and social policies aren't geared for kids and families in this environment, as she explains. We were interested in seeing whether or not shared households had increased over time, and really when had we seen this increase starting. And so uh, we were using some data that allowed us to look between 1996 and today to see what kinds of households have been increasing. And this includes people like living with aunts and uncles, it might be living with a grandma and no parents around, Um, and it also included multi-generational households. So by that I mean uh, a household that includes a grandma or grandpa, a parent, or it could be both parents, and then at least one child in the household. We were focused on the living arrangements of kids in particular. And what we found was that actually the only kind of household that had increased over this time period were multi-generational households. This was sort of counter to some sort of media reports that were saying that um, all kids that were living with grandparents were sort of being, you know, increasing, but it was actually really just three-generation households that were increasing. The share of kids who were living in three-generation households in 1996 was about 5.7%, and then uh, 2016, it had increased to 9.8% of kids, or um, more than 7 million kids actually living in these households. Three-generation households are more common among minority households in general. So this includes Asian American families, this includes black households, this includes Hispanic households, right? So all of these different households are more, it's more common to live in a multi-generational household. That said, there's sort of a narrative that immigrants are most likely to live together. And that is true for some populations, but that's not entirely true. Because if you are an immigrant, let's say you're a Hispanic immigrant, you actually might not have a grandparent even in the country to live with. And so it kind of differs depending on sort of the socioeconomic status of the immigrant population. In some work that I've done, we actually see immigrant populations are less likely to live in three-generation households. But they're more likely to live in what we call a horizontally extended household. So this is where they're living with other relatives, but who are of the same generation rather than their parents who aren't necessarily in the United States. We suspect that it is about the grandparent generation having kind of a steady source of income um, that allows them to actually support their child and their grandchild. So why did I look at these households? I'm really interested in kind of, you know, thinking about what we can do to help children (laughs) thrive, right? And sort of who's in the households matters for kids. So we think of that in terms of kind of resources available, right? So you might think that, you know, there's a lot of sort of discourse around the fathers, right? So fathers that aren't necessarily always there. But another way to think about it is like grandparents, right? And other people who might be in the household who are also there providing resources, like could be economic, it could be parenting, right? It could be just, you know, they have a they live in a better neighborhood than the, the parent does, right? The, um, there's lots of ways in which we can think about this. And so I was interested in thinking about who else is in the household that might be helping kids. So what does this mean for policy? Well, there's a lots of ways in which we might want to think about this. When we think about resources or when we have policies that target parents in particular, um, the effectiveness of a policy might vary by whether or not the 
grandparent is in the household. So let's take the example of we have programs that are targeting um, single parents with parenting skills, right? So these sorts of programs try to focus on the parent, right, and not the grandparent. But if the grandparent is in the household and not getting any of these messages, it's not clear that that won't matter um, or that won't that might affect sort of how well these policies really work. Um, there are other ones we do things like early nurse home visiting programs where again these are targeting really sort of at-risk young moms but we don't really necessarily think about the grandmother who might be in the household we need to think more about how our policies might be actually creating these households it's fine if people want to live together but we don't want them to be sort of forced to live together Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Please subscribe to hear more, give us a rating to let us know what you think, and follow the conversation on social media at hashtag UMichImpact.